you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey everyone, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast. Builds through the draft. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Connor Orr, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? What's happening? What is happening? Listed in order of importance. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That means I said my name first, so I'm feeling good about that. Uh, This is our round one extravaganza, post-round one of the 2015 NFL draft, uh, which occurred tonight in Chicago at the Auditorium Theater. Um, You know, a lot to unpack. That's a term to use when you want to you know, unpack an event because there's so much to talk about. And there is 32 picks were made today. Dan is giddy and goofy right now with the late long day. I love it. Haba haba. Uh, and I got Connor Orr here. I mean, how many times has Connor been in the studio with us? Twice. Oh man. And we got the gold standard behind the glass who is, uh, He's a little frazzled right now. He's got his headset on, and he's. Oh. I've never seen Gold Standard more frazzled. We went through six different tries. For I'm getting the, calls for the intro. on like five lines right now. I think Wes can hear us right now. <laughs> Smoke flying. Just so up. everybody knows, like it took a little extra time to get going today, and um, you know Chris Wessling and Kevin Patcher in Chicago for the draft. Somehow, you know, we're doing a test to make sure they're on the line. Now Zach can't hang up the phone. They stay, they're remaining on the line, and it's almost like they're trapped in like a really bad like Ashton Kutcher horror movie. It's like <laughs> they wanted to get off the line, but the line wouldn't let them. <laughs> they're stuck in Chi-Town. <laughs> uh, so anyway, all right, so that is the stage. This is what we're going to talk about, you know, the only podcast in the game, folks, that we go right upstairs after a long day of work, and we unpack round one. And uh, hopefully, by the end of the show, the Gold Standard does not have a nervous breakdown. Because that would be bad. This is his second-to-last show with us before moving on to greater things. Feeling very fragile right now. <laughs> you're, a, you're a powder keg right now. Yeah. So, 
yeah, that's what we'll do. We're going to just go through the first round. We're going to get the guys on the line, or they're probably stuck on the line, uh, Kutcher style right now. Uh, we'll eventually talk to them, maybe hear them crying or something. Uh, so we'll look forward to that. So why don't we just – let's get into it. And I, I figure the – Greg, we'll, we'll start with you, the mm. boss. You, you know, you have a lot of great insight on the world of professional football. Uh, at the top of this draft, uh, nobody was surprised. Jameis Winston, number one. But number two, after all this talk, Marcus Mariota stays with the number two pick with the Tennessee Titans. They move forward with Mariota. And by the way, I didn't say Titans because mm. they're the Titans because they're back on the grid. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, we have to apologize. You know, I thought this whole time they're just puffing up Mariota, puffing up that number two spot to get the Godfather offers. And you know what? They got him. I mean, the Browns are offering two first-round picks plus more. The Eagles are offering Fletcher Cox, Michael Kendricks, a couple of Chip Kelly's uh, illegitimate children, two <laughs> first-round picks or whatever. Genius uh, illegitimate children. Right. Uh, Mo Wilkerson and the Jets might have been in play in the sixth pick. That Maybe that was a rumor. But they, th- clearly they were taking phone calls and weighing what, what would work and what wouldn't work. And in the end, they made to me, which was the right move, they decided we're going to take this guy that's supposed to be potentially a star quarterback for a decade plus. And they're back on the map now. I mean, they really are with Mariota, and they're clear about it. They said immediately, forget this Mettenberger nonsense. That was the only BS that they were, uh, you know, shoveling the last few weeks. Mariota, they expect to start day one, and that's it. They're not trading him, nothing. Did I see on Twitter that uh, Mettenberger's agent is already chirping that it, demanding a trade? That Mettenberger does, does he remember that he was a six-round pick? He barely got drafted last year. Well, I could understand though why there might be a few hurt feelings if you're Mettenberger after they spent the last three months crowing about this Wah. guy. But that's life. And he went through all that trouble of organizing all those team workouts by himself, those practices. That's embarrassing now yeah. for him. Reminds me of uh, Mark Sanchez's Jet West camp. So oh, yeah. Southern oh, California. So if you're the Titans, you would rather have Connor or would you rather have Mariota or would you rather have Fletcher Cox, you know, Brandon Boyk and Michael Kendricks and two first-round picks? I think it depends. Like, do I know how to use him? You know what I mean? Like, if, if I'm like – I didn't like hearing Ken Wisenhunt say, like, oh, well, we worked him out under center, and, like, he's going he's gonna to fit into our system. No, I think you have to you have to know how to – like, it's, it's like buying a really expensive sports car that you don't know how to drive. And if you don't, then take the picks. And let's be honest. Wisenhunt doesn't have the greatest track record working with anything but – Hall of Fame quarterback talent. Maybe Mariotto would be that good. Well, but you're right, though, and you wouldn't. I think when he's got that Kurt Warner type guy or a Big Ben, he's his offense is very functional and he's 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 rolling. But does he strike you as the most innovative and creative schemer that can set up an offense? That's exactly what you're saying. It's a it's a tough quarterback to just plug in and say we know how this is going to look. They have a quarterbacks coach from Scranton though, so I'm not worried about it. Scranton's own Connor Orr. One of the most famous people from Scranton. Now that well, outside the, of Jim and Pam, I was going to say now that the office is kind of fading a little bit from the cultural uh, state of mind, it's now Connor's time to rise up yeah. and be the most famous. Yeah. Me, Kevin uh, White, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton <laughs> once a year. Woo, that's great. Plus, we get Mariota versus Winston call. week one, and you know that Titans Bucks assignment's a little interesting. Juicy. Maybe you guys don't want it. I'll give it to myself. Juicy. I like treat it. myself. So yeah, that I mean that was the big thing uh, in the the second pick there. That, that was exciting. And now let, let me just take a look at the rest of the top five. Why don't we take a look at it? Uh, Dante Fowler Jr. went to the Jaguars, the defensive end out of Florida. That was you know filled a need for them, hard to get on them. Uh, some people thought they would go get a wide receiver, 
to give Blake Bortles uh, more weapons. Instead, they go with the defender. Oakland Raiders, they jump and say, hey, give us Amari Cooper, uh, the wideout out of Alabama. Uh, so let's uh, let's go with those two picks. What do you guys think about those? I think with the Jaguars, you know, they were six in the league in sacks last year. You know, their defense was, it's, for stretches, horrendous. But you're starting to see more and more Gus Bradley-type guys there. And the excuses are starting to run out if you can't win some games with your defense. And it's time to do that. I think Fowler, I mean, you know, we let's not pretend that we've watched 300 hours of Fowler tape. Oh, I love Fowler. So. Bend the edge. That's what I, he does. I don't know. And the Raiders pick. Yeah, I mean, up. Ari Cooper has the highest rating of any player from NFL.com's 24-7 crowd. Fowler was that one of all the pass rushers that seemingly didn't have some big black mark against him recently, whether it was an arrest or psychological evaluation or didn't really produce. So he was the one guy that everyone agreed on was the guy, Jacksonville. I mean, that defense could be pretty fun. Pretty good. A little mini Legion of Boom. I, w- <laughs> I was surprised that Oakland didn't take Leonard Williams. That just seemed like he really wanted to be taken by the Raiders. He's a Raiders fan, USC. A lot of people had him as the best player in the draft, and then they go for receiver, feeling like, you know, they got to justify their Derek Carr pick, which I'm not sure. Well, we'll I don't see. have a problem with them getting what could be, you know, an absolutely difference-making wideout. They haven't had that. He's supposed to be real good. Yeah, I, I, I like that move. <laughs> this just makes me miss What's Al so David. funny? Uh, no, I, I liked how you described that. What, I said he's supposed to be real good? Yeah. That, was, that is. That is hilarious. That's, that's probably accurate. <laughs> Him and Crabtree, you know, they're they're looking a little different. James Jones, Andre Holmes, I don't know. I get, I, you, you bring up Brandon uh, Leonard Williams, who, you know, once he fell to five, everyone said, oh, the Redskins are in a great spot. And then this was the kind of the first big curveball of the draft. Because here comes the Redskins to the podium, and what do they announce? They take the guard out of Iowa, Brandon Scherf, who uh, was a top-ten pick on a lot of mocks. A lot of people saw him going to the Giants, so it's not like it's a crazy reach necessarily. But people are in love with Leonard Williams and believe he was the – a lot of people think this guy is the best player in this draft. So when my New York Jets came up in the next pick, I was feeling good. I said, you know what? I know we got Mo Wilkerson there. I know – uh, you know, we're pretty st- we're stocked on that defensive line, but just don't trade it. Just take the best guy. And they always mess this stuff up, so maybe they did. But when they did take Leonard Williams with six, I was pumped up. Greg, think about this. How about this? You got a little Mo Wilkerson. You got a little Snacks. I love Sheldon <laughs> Richardson. All coming after Tommy Brady, who can barely move. He's almost 40 years old. Oh, my God, Leonard Williams. It's going to be a bloodbath. Oh, it's not going to take away a fourth <laughs> Super Bowl title. <laughs> Give me a break. Live it in the past, my friend. No, I love when teams stack strength on strength on strength on strength and just, like, take that. That's how you should do it so that they're so impossible to deal with. It'll make up for the fact that they haven't had a quarterback in 30 years. Well, one of the most <laughs> enjoyable Fair. aspects Fair. of this day, and I'm I'm being genuine about this because Dan, as a Jets fan, has struggled through and suffered through a lot of nonsense, and a lot of it's come directly by their own mistakes and choices. This with the, what the tape we watched this week, we were writing back and forth about Leonard Williams that this guy is a badass, and New York has him, and it is an issue for the Patriots because Buffalo's defense and that Jets front line is going to be a major headache to deal with. Cleveland plays him in week one. They're going to have 12 yards rushing. Yeah, and you know you have Mo Wilkerson now, Rich Semini of ESPN, uh, shortly after the move uh, reported uh, via source that the Jets might look to trade Wilkerson now. So I don't know, that, that to me – if, if, if it comes down to it and they have to move him because he's not happy or now he doesn't fit in, 
that maybe will sour it a little bit to me. I'd like to see if they could try to make it work and make something happen here. I know, Connor, you, co- I mean, you covered the Jets beat writer. You've seen a lot of what we're talking about happen. But the new front office and coaching staff, something seems different now. Totally, especially once you got rid of John Idzik, you know. and uh, <laughs> It seems so far away, the Glacier. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Miles away from the ship. It's crazy, though. I mean, like like you and I were saying before, like the Jets could legitimately play like a 5-2 defense, like a mm. throwback, like mid-90s era college defense with like all those guys out there. It's just insane. The, it's, the a, it's a good thing that Scott McLuhan, the Redskins GM, has a great track record of just being right and – gutsy with his picks because for him in his first spot in Washington at number five to go with Brandon Scherf, who they're going to play at right tackle. So you're drafting a right mm. right tackle with a number five pick when Leonard Williams is on the board, Kevin White's on the board, you know, Danny Shelton. There's a lot of ways they, they could have gone, and instead they go with the Iowa offensive lineman that comes out every year and goes into the league and is always solid, but it doesn't feel like he's going to suddenly change your franchise. And how about Rex Ryan, who, you know, we talked about when, you know, he gets canned without a defense. They go and they rebuild it, bring back Reeves. <laughs> now they bring back this guy that's supposed to be a once-in-a-decade defensive lineman, potentially. He's got to be pulling his hair Yeah, uh, how many lamps got thrown against the wall today? There's a lot of lamps <laughs> busted in the western New York area. Lamps? Yeah, it's a, it's a chronic uh, lambs. issue. Well, yeah, some actual <laughs> lambs. It's very it's ugly business. We don't want to get into it. Uh, the Ryan household in total chaos. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I was that very was, happy with that. Pick. That was your head-scratching move, by the way. If you go to NFL.com Boom. slash news, you can go see our head-scratching moves. You you said the Redskins passing on Leonard Williams was your head-scratching. Well, you don't know, like when, a, when you get a gift. What is it? You don't look a gift horse in the mouth? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that, that phrase means much anymore. I don't know even know what it means. No one knows. But yeah. the, the point being is that what I like what the Jets did is what the Redskins did. It's like, whoa, we weren't expecting this. This may not be exactly what we were looking for, but wait a second. This is a gift from the football gods. This guy could be a stud. Yeah, the Glacier would still be on the clock right now. So, I almost think it was like a power move in a way because if you're a new general manager and, you know, everyone's looking at you, you and that's how you're – I like that. It's, that's how your board stacks. You can't all of a sudden panic and go away from the way that you saw the draft going. And so I think – for you know, for the Red, for the Redskins' new GM, it's like, well, he's there and he's our guy, and we're not deviating from it because you don't want to appear weak in front of the pack, mm. be a pack leader. Greg brought up the uh, the piece we have up, NFL.com slash around news. the NFL news or around the NFL, <laughs> whatever you want. And you can find uh, what are fra- potentially franchise altering moves. Uh, I I think that uh, Connor Orr is rubbing his hands together, so I'd love to hear what you have to say. Well, my uh, my franchise altering move was Eric Flowers to the Giants what? at number nine. Uh, you want to make flowers today? <laughs> That's the best thing about this draft, hey. by the way. We got it back, the flower drop. Boom. Well, we still had it. Brandon's still in the mix, but now we could double down on it. Oh, we can, it's, Wait, it's, is it like the, around the NFL franchise altering because now we can do this bit for an extra five years? Or? Yeah, you want to make flowers I was just thinking today? of you guys. You know? <laughs> Good job by the, the Twitter followers within – Ten seconds of flowers being drafted, we had ten you-want-to-make-flowers jokes. Different <laughs> variations. Some of you got very creative. I loved it. People are brilliant. 
Wait, that's an insane pick, though. Really? Eric <laughs> Flowers is the franchise-altering pick? Why? Yeah, when is the last time the Giants have had, like, a dependable, powerable, powerful left tackle? And what he, what he allows you to do is you can take Justin Pugh and move him inside to guard where he's naturally going to play. You can play Weston Richburg at center where he's supposed mm. to play. Now, all of a sudden, you have two first-round picks and a second-round pick on your offensive line, and it gives you a lot of flexibility. Eli Manning's going to sign another deal. You've got to keep him healthy until he's 40. What? Don't forget, Connor Ward this Come week on. wrote a piece on redrafting last year's lineman. He knows what he's talking about. I feel like taking <laughs> what? By the way, a what? relative no-name offensive lineman is exactly what the Giants always do. That's kind of their move. It works a lot, but that's kind of what they do. What Mark is to coordinators in this league, the voice of the coordinator, that is Connor Orr when it comes to, you know, grunts. In the trenches, <laughs> I believe. I just, I believe in it. I, For, I you give them the eloquent voice. Former guard, were you a left guard or a right guard? Just everywhere. You know, I was like uh, Joel Batonio, just where, <laughs> wherever anyone needed me. On a football team, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, you're not a big man. No. Uh, yeah, but you, you had a lot of heart. Just yeah, say. yeah. It was like Rudy without ever playing. Hey, Mark, what, what's your franchise-altering <laughs> move that you take out? This of one's track? easy for me. I, I looked at the St. Louis Rams and a team that has had no identity on offense. You know, even with you get you, you pass on Sam Bradford, you move him down, you bring in Nick Foles, that still doesn't seem to change much. Then you go and draft Todd Gurley. I almost wanted them to clown the entire NFL community by taking a defensive tackle because they'd have 42 of them at this point. But Gurley, come on, that's a, that entire offense changes. I think Trey Mason is was a really interesting runner last year, and he still could be a big part of that offense. Zach Stacy might be looking for a new job soon, but I think Gurley, if he ends up being what they say, the Rams have dealt with this in the NFC West with Frank Gore and Marshawn Lynch. Now they have their guy. They're built in the form of those offenses. If this works, I like it. I love it. Stick him behind Greg Robinson and just let him go. There you go. I mean that Turn that's loose. the most fun young backfield in the league, and he was. Reportedly, and it was from our own Albert Breer, the number one player. Unimpeachable. The number one player on the Rams draft board. And we heard going into the draft, I think it must have been from Breer, maybe from Ian too, that he was number one on one team's board. That's how much one team liked him. And we find out that team is the St. Louis Rams. And if you don't have a, a quarterback, and they don't know if they have one with Nick Foles, you know, the best you can do is have the best pass rush possible, and you get some explosion at wherever you can get it. And in this draft, for them, Kevin White's already off the board. They get it at running back. Dan's making a face like he has to take a dump or something. Well, well that's crude, first of all, Gregory. <laughs> but I, I'll just say that it is a little too neat and buttoned up. Less neat. It's, everything's always painted perfectly with less neat I love on your draft sneaky day. aggression towards you No, know, it's just like, and now, of course, because it has to be this way. It's not good enough that he got – the next Bo Jackson in the backfield. It has to be word leaks out that they they're the number one guy on their board was <laughs> wait for it. Everyone does say that. Todd Gurley. Right. Less need genius with beautiful hair. I mean, I don't have a problem with him <laughs> as a man. Oh, I enjoy it. It just it just sometimes these narratives about less are a little overwhelming for me. The that's whole fair. the whole number one in our draft that that's like Chip Kelly saying yeah. this year that oh well Odell Beckham was the number one player on my board. Like how easy is that to say in hindsight <laughs> without showing anyone the board? This Gurley pick though, couple trends came with this one. Uh, one is ACL injuries. It's not really killing people's draft stock anymore. No. I mean, how no. much higher could have he gone? I, maybe he would have been in the top five. It's very possible, but it didn't hurt him that much. And then two, you know, a little bit of return in the NFL this offseason to the love of the running back. Like it. The Chargers trade up 
up just two picks, but they give up two mid-round picks to move up and take Melvin Gordon, number 15. Todd Gurley goes number 10. These are two guys that can be three down backs, and that's on the heels of LaShawn McCoy getting paid, DeMarco Murray getting paid, and Adrian Peterson getting paid like a quarterback, even though he's coming off everything he's coming off. So, you know, run good. That Gordon move was one of my favorite moves of the round Mm. because you kept Phillip Rivers. They – we were told that he was officially told he wasn't going to be traded, Phil Rivers, so he's staying in San Diego. Smart. And last year they struggled to run the ball, and they, they made they put too much on Rivers' plate, and you know, that leaves them vulnerable. Now you get a guy who could be an all-pro behind center, uh, behind the quarterback, and, and now you have a chance to really do something on offense and be balanced. And, you, and if you think that St. Louis has the most interesting backfield, I think that a challenger is San Diego if Gordon pans out because you've got Brandon Oliver, who isn't a lead back necessarily, but a lot of interesting plays for him last year. And you got Danny Woodhead coming back. And if all goes to all goes to hell, you got what's his name in there? The other guy, Ladanian Donald Thompson. Brown. He can come. Uh, in. Brandon Oliver. <laughs> you know, well, we just talked about Oliver. We love. I didn't love him. Greg, what was your franchise-altering move potentially? Well, I haven't even done it because I wrote. You know, Awkward. <laughs> it's so easy to call me out on mine and then not do well, it. Well, oh. I wrote ten big takeaways from the round, <laughs> and you know we wanted to run up here, and I was going to write write mine afterwards. I didn't mean to sell you out there. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You know what? I'm going to come up with an answer anyway. Shane Ray of the Denver. Broncos. Mm. Just, Drugs. just the fact, you know, John Elway so aggressive in free agency last year, getting all the defense, everything. Not as aggressive this year, but he gets really aggressive in the draft. He moves up five spots, takes Shane Ray. You put Ray, a top ten type of pass rusher, with Ware and Miller, and that's another team kind of like the Jets. They built a big strength on top mm. of another strength in a hemp-friendly city, no less. Yeah, <laughs> little that's risk. a little questionable. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. Yeah, little I risky mean, there. We'll see what happens there. And then, you know, Greg, you mentioned our, the counterpart to that post, which is the head scratchers. I already uh, told you, or Greg pointed out that I, I thought the Redskins uh, passing on Leonard Williams. Uh, Connor, what was your head scratcher from the first round? By the way, we know all. So whatever we're saying is the head scratcher. Absolutely, that team is doomed. Right. Yes. <laughs> I say that with a straight face, <laughs> Connor. Orr. I made Jameis Winston my uh, my. Whoa! Oh, hubba hubba! Right? Hi. Uh, I think Connor's it, getting bold. Eric Flowers as the sexy pick, and Jameis Winston <laughs> as the bonehead. Wait, who who's the sexy pick? Eric Flowers. I'm just like. You want to make flowers today? Just like reeling, I'm jet lagged, and like none of this makes any sense. All right, we'll hear you out. Uh, no, so. I guess if you're if you're comparing quarterbacks head to head, why wouldn't you? If you said quarterback A is more athletic, uh, he threw fewer interceptions, completes more of his passes, and is a cleaner prospect off the field than quarterback B. I mean, I don't I don't think it's you know I think it's pretty cut and dry. Like, why would you wonder about the face of your franchise when you could have somebody that is just a, a better player? Well, I would counter that by saying that Winston was viewed as a more pro-ready quarterback that came from an offense where he worked under center, a center pro-style offense, has all the tools. He's, I mean, it, to me, it sounded like people view him as the better, more complete quarterback. See, I would say look, maybe the one with the football intelligence, at least it's more readily apparent. Okay. Yeah. But why not figure out what he did at Oregon that works? I mean, Kelly's doing it in the league now. Get somebody in there that can coach him in the same way. Put some skill position players around him and let him, let him rip. I well, th- 
Sorry, they will be. The thing that's interesting, and you know, you might why not, might, might be right two years from now. Who knows? But it's like this they'll be compared be together forever. I'm gonna look so like when we look back on this, like <laughs> and Eric Flowers has like never played. Like he's. Oh, like, we'll destroy this tape yeah, because yeah, this is gonna all be, gonna yeah, come up poorly. Plus, you're kind of basing it on stats in college. It's tough to know what those stats mean. It's like if if college stats were huge, like Timmy Chang. Remember him? Remember Timmy Chang? Another Hawaii from Hawaii. Yeah, he like broke every record in the book. Colt Brennan. The other Colt, Colt yeah. McCoy, you know, they'll, it's yeah, I tough mean, to know how much those stats matter. It's fine. It's just me, me and Billy Bean, so it's fine. <laughs> you know. Remember that guy that played a, a thousand in the late 90s, the Jewish Jordan, Tamir Goodman? Yeah. The guy averaged like 90 points a game in high school. You know, you know, sometimes these stats don't translate. Who saw a Tamir Goodman reference in our draft that, special, that Mark? Is, that was not a predictable move on your part. Okay. What was your head scratcher besides my reference of Tamir Goodman? <laughs> uh, yeah, besides the Goodman uh, Googling him right now. note on your part, I, I um, looked at what happened with Dallas and Arizona not making a run for Adrian Peterson, at least one that was obvious that, that got the job done, and not moving up for Melvin Gordon or Todd Gurley, especially the Cowboys to me, because after losing to Marco Murray and what made them finally so successful last season, it's a deep, it's a deep mm. group of running backs, but it's risky. I think at this point, after they never really made a pitch for anyone in free agency, to sit there and say we have Darren McFadden and we'll draft someone later in this draft. I mean, it's it's we don't have evidence that they that they did or did not try to trade up, but I there, there's nothing out there. And for me, that was my head scratcher. Why not a more aggressive play from the Cardinals or Cowboys to get one of the clear two best backs? All right, since we, since you brought up the running backs, I <laughs> wow. You know, we're playing Enya right now because uh, we have our little sandwich game. Uh, go get my lunch, you big bozo. <laughs> and listen, Mark, unbelievable start. Drop it. I think, uh, Mark, uh, Greg, you have it up on the website. You started out 8-0 today. You're at 9-1 and one right now. Go get my org. That sound drop disturbs me every time. It's very, <laughs> very unearthing. The you apple know, Mar- sandwich. A lot of people enjoyed the last show because Mark was spitting fire at me just because, oh, you know. Oh, it was uncomfortable. Let's face it. But by the way, I got you a, an extra sandwich or two by, you know, getting rid of some of your silly uh, ones you threw out there. So you, you almost owe me a sandwich. Well, it, it, but it, nine right. and one right here. Greg, subtly, subtly twist the knife there, even in this spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think what got me, you know, hot under the collar, Greg, was the concept that I've never played this game well. And coming out of the last one we did, I had a winning record. And this one speaks for itself up to this point, and I would have put it this way. I'm rising up the ranks now, Greg, and I had a lesson to teach you last time, and mm-hmm. that lesson has been taught. Well, you're 9-1 and one so far, so if you guys are curious, you do have Johnny Manziel getting traded this weekend, which is probably not going to happen. That you lose happen. four sandwiches on that. But you're going to end up 9-5, and five, worst case scenario. That's great. Uh, I'm at 500 at the moment. Wes is up a few sandwiches. He's doing well. The gold standard, I'm sorry. Eddie Goldman was It made not- sense. That was the perfect pick for the Pats. Eddie Goldman was <laughs> not drafted in the first round by an AFC team whose mascot is not an animal. I wish he was. That would have been a great way for you to leave. Your brother from <laughs> a different amazing. mother. Yeah. Let you down. Sad. And then, Dan, you know, we don't need to belabor it, but you are 1-8, and, no. and you could go to 1-14 very easily. My thought on this, the only thing <laughs> – Wait, <laughs> is that true? Wait. Yeah, that's bad. The only thing I'm truly disappointed about is that I got the 1. I wanted to just go full ham and go 0-16 or whatever. 
Uh, one and eight, you know, what are you going to do? And well, you'll get that sandwich from Mark, so that'll be I like can two give and you some, I can give you some of my sandwiches, too, because I don't even like sandwiches. I'm celebrating this one and eight. <laughs> you know why? Because I don't know what I'm talking about with this. I've noticed because the same thing happened last year at the draft. I bombed that because it's really a total crapshoot, and then I get a little reckless with my picks, and then I clean up and I fix my record when we start talking about the NFL again. But, I mean, it was a disgraceful showing. There's no coming back. I dropped a massive onion hanger on my last bet, which was uh, Jay Cutler getting, you know, <laughs> traded. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm screwed, basically. So I'm going to set the record for futility, and, you know, it's always good to be you the best. You just have to something. buy one of those sandwiches that are, like, 45 feet long and barely fit in our news. <laughs> I look at myself as the, being the best at being the worst, which is good. Something You could have Randy Gregory drafted by the Cardinals or Panthers in round two. That could still happen. But otherwise, you're struggling. And you know what? This, this Sessler winning is part of a theme for the day because while the Jets – I think had, you know, one of the best picks of the draft. Mm -hmm. I really like the Browns picks. We haven't even gotten to that. At least I like the first Browns pick. Danny Shelton falling to them. You were excited about that. Well, Connor is also a Browns fan. And and I think, you know, what we talked about, the Shelton pick (laughs) feels, you know, from what we know today, like a home run. Barring the concept of him being, like, kidnapped by a van full of Chinese dissidents, which that's Cleveland, so that could happen. I think we're in good shape. This is a guy. (laughs) You don't have a nose tackle in a 3-4 defense. You can't stop the run. They were the worst in the league at doing that last year. And as for the other pick... Didn't they draft a nose tackle in the first round for a 3-4 defense like a few years ago? Well, that was Phil Taylor, and I don't think that he's the equal of what Danny Shelton is. The the cutest part of the uh, day was after the what I thought was kind of a head-scratching move to, to pick up a backup center <laughs> at the first-round pick. Uh, about an hour later, uh, Mark and... <laughs> Connor having a private conversation. They're yeah. like, I don't know if I like this pick. And then well, the other guy's like, well, it actually gives them some depth and they could kick him over. They're like, you know what? You're right. They actually did pretty good with this. Yeah. And it was like, oh, They were still having that. I you guys. Connor, step in. We were, just, we were just sharing an ice cream cone. It was great. It was adorable. I loved it. When I came upstairs, they were a little ahead of us. They were having the same sort of little Aww. whispers back and forth. Well, it's like, well, I think if they move, move them around, they, you really have a good case of a defense. It's always, you, you draft gotta, a movable chess piece. It's good. You <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you have a chance, if you have a chance to draft a backup center that can be there by the time the next GM and coach are in well, place. All right. This will be terrific. What's scary <laughs> is they're not far from accurate. Our conversation was toned. You know what this way. did smack to me of, and I thought Shelton exact for a team at thirty second against the run. That guy put him in the middle and he causes havoc. Uh, but that pick, and of course the backup center. Uh, to me, it it was safe. They had a safe. All ACC they did after they Come on. <laughs> Cameron Irving. Come on! After they sw- swung for the fences, they you know swung from the fences uh, last year. This time they're like, we're not going to be this talk of the first round. We're just going to fill some needs. That's what it felt like to me, which isn't a bad move necessarily. Just draft some no. dudes, yeah. you know. Just draft. They need that. Bras. The thing I'd say about Irving is like, bottom line. When Alex Mack was injured last season, I know Dan tired of this narrative, but they their run game, which was very good, completely fell apart, and they were exposed and lost the final five games of the season. Mm. Mack is gone after next year. Absolutely, are we not positive be, about that? Well, he will not resign with the Browns, especially now. And this guy is a six-five giant who can step in and play every position on the line. Well, that's I hard. like it. Maybe he plays left tackle. I mean, maybe he plays left guard. Who knows? The, it's hard to find guys that can play all five positions. I never heard of a six-five center, by the way. I know he's he's kind of you know, he's unlike got, anything well, we've ever seen. By the, in the way, NFL. if Manziel <laughs> winds up starting, you've got one of the shortest quarterbacks 
around with a massive center. Well, that doesn't, that's just not gonna, good. Just that's what I'm saying. It's very bizarre. He's just going to hit him in the helmet. It's with very everything. bizarre. Kevin Booth from the Raiders, 6'5", center. Um, wow. No, you guys, that's why Connor gets well, the Well, anything box. lineman related, he's, <laughs> he's plugged in. So you guys have sufficiently talked yourselves into that second pick, and that's fine. That's good. Well, we, I think we I both, do it all the time. We suggested. felt like we wanted uh, – the thing – you wanted Mariota. Connor wanted them to go up and get Mariota. I did not. At first, just because I'm so resigned to what will inevitably happen, like I, I, I almost enjoy as a Browns fan watching like the world burn on every draft day and just being <laughs> like, man, this is stupid, and it's going to like just kill the rest of the franchise. But Well, that was last year. Sweet T-shirts. Like the second that they drafted Johnny Manziel, my fiancé and I have matching – Johnny Manziel T-shirts, and like that was like an instant purchase. So <laughs> wait, really? Like, yeah. Uh, no, it's a serious thing. And so, like, do you they wear ha- them at the same time? We did too. We wore them to a Phillies game together. <laughs> I'm still like, trying to get my wife to too. wear the uh, Kelly Holcomb T-shirt that I bought. <laughs> do you do you find it like you know? And I'm sure you find Allie attractive all the time. But if she's wearing the Manziel shirt, like a little extra juice, little no, extra juice. No, no? I mean, okay. Just perfect. She's perfect all the time. Very <laughs> awkward line of questioning from the boss. <laughs> Were you just asking if he finds his wife more sexually attractive when she's wearing a Johnny Manziel tee? Yeah. Is that where you're going, Zach? You pretty much got Answer it the question. Right <laughs> but where I was going with that is... Mark, you should put you should put your wife in your Brandon Whedon jersey. <laughs> and see what happens. It's a line of thought. That's a mood killer. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a mood killer. Um, all right. Oh, you know what we should do? We should get our friends on the phone from Chicago. Yeah. I heard a rumor that uh, we could have them just go up to their hotel room and it would be quiet. But instead, we're going to try to catch them at the hotel bar. Uh, they're around Dave Damashek, Colleen Wolf, and let's see what's How going on How long has Wes been at said bar? Not long. Okay. Just while we've been talking. All right. Do we have them on Gold Standard? I'm afraid we don't. It's been, oh, uh, no. been a bit difficult to connect with them. All right. So mm. we'll, we'll try to – maybe if they call in, we could talk to them. If not, eh, you know, have fun at McCloskey's. <laughs> what else can you do? <laughs> what else can you do? Uh, all right, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, oh, little interlude here. I want to talk about uh, Gold Standard, if you will help me out with this. Uh, did a piece, um, really one of my greatest pieces, I would say, in terms of just my thought process and my writing ability all coming into one. Before the draft started, the the draft walk-up songs for each of the rookies. And uh, I know, Mark, you privately sent me an email with your thoughts about a hip-hop heavy uh, mm. mix of songs. Uh, so let me just pick out the two, a couple that I liked uh, in, in particular, and then, uh, Mark, I'll let you again offer your thoughts. Let's hear some Rich Homie Kwan. This song was performed by... All right, that is Rich Homie Kwan. Uh, your thoughts, Mark? Uh, the words I, I put with this was uh, waste of time. <laughs> I'm trying to find the uh, the player who chose this. Uh, that was Cameron Irving, actually, Cleveland's pick. <laughs> I might revise my answer there. <laughs> We're off yeah, to yeah. a great head start. All right, let's hear, all right, let's hear another one. Uh, give us, why don't you give us a little Jadena. Jadena. I like this one. This is Byron Jones's choice. Mm. 
You know what I like about getting Connor moving? Yeah, a lot of these songs that are it's kind of funny to me because a lot of the the themes are. You know, whether it's about, you know, the money or the, the women are coming to me or I own this place. Those are the typical subjects. And then you roll over and then it's all to just to give Rog a big hug. Yeah, like, the I'm wor- the man, everyone loves me. And then you just hug a, a 50-year-old man. <laughs> or if you're Danny Shelton, you pick him up and throw him. That was impressive. That was pretty cool. Oh, and then, and then uh, what would you give that song? Uh, the word I assigned to that, uh, mindless. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to open your horizons. You sound a These were like my West gut right reactions. Crotch- All right, let, let's try this. old man. Let's try one more. This is uh, the artist is Luke Bryant, who is a country artist, I believe. And uh, Vic Beasley uh, chose this. Vic Beasley, of course, uh, went to the Atlanta Falcons with the eighth overall pick. I feel like I'm at Huckapoos right now. This is kind of an odd song to go hug another man as well. He should have walked really slow when he came <laughs> out. You know, like she was sitting all alone over on the table. Yeah, this, this is just how I'd want to celebrate my life-changing moment. <laughs> Either that or my dog died. Like, what is, what is this? Your thoughts, Mark? Uh, the word I used was yawn. <laughs> well, that was accurate. <laughs> That's like I feel like I could sleep to that in the green room, and then somebody would wake me up. That'd yeah, it'd be good soundtrack for that. to my good for that. nap. Anyway, so those are some songs. Check that out at NFL.com slash Danny's Masterpiece. <laughs> Not an HTML address. <laughs> no. Uh, all right. What else, Greg? How about uh, those Colts? Greg sat out the music segment. That's okay. Philip Dorsett. He's back I now. was totally in it. I said <laughs> just as many things as anyone else. Give me a break. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. The Philip Dorsett pick makes me miss Al Davis. Because mm. would he have not been the number four pick if if Al was still around? <laughs> I mean, like how how certain? Like, Tell me, because you guys the around the NFL pod were very excited when Phil Dorsett went to the Colts with the 29th pick. Why why is everyone all? Well, their I hearts think it, are a it's, it's something Greg mentioned before, and it's the kind of the guts to take your str- your strength and just add more. I mean, they added Andre Ripping Johnson. off the Jets, basically. Sure, it's a Jets theme in, in <laughs> general, yeah. but. This this is a true like the way he was described as is an absolute take the top off the defense type of deep threat and I mean it just gives this with Frank Gore and all the weapons they have through the air Andre Johnson added and a lot of young guys they like and whether Deron Carter who knows what happens to him you're going to cause total headaches for secondaries and it's not like it's not like the Tavon Austin pick where you have a quarterback who won't be able to get him the ball like Andrew Luck will be able to get Philip Dorsey yeah. the ball well, he's and, a similar prospect to T.Y. Hilton when he came out, except, you know, he, he went in the first round. He went much higher than Hilton. And you think of that offense. I'm just thinking, what offenses am I most excited to watch? I can't remember an offense I've been more excited to watch lately than the 2015 Colts, because I love watching Andrew Luck already. And now you have Andre Johnson, Dante Moncrief, T.Y. Hilton. You throw in Dorsett, who's the fastest player in this draft. Co- Cody, Kobe Fleener, Dwayne Allen. Frank Gore catching passes out of the backfield. I mean, that's an all-star team. This will be an absolutely fun team to witness until about January when the Patriots drop a 50-burger on them. (laughs) (laughs) Can I I throw one thing out there, too? Everything sounds great on paper, but I don't quite trust Ryan Grigson as a a talent guy. I'm not all in on Grigson. They have other holes, and they did not address them. 
So I and I and I'm not one who thinks that Andre Johnson is suddenly going to be performing like age 29 Andre Johnson, and even Frank Gore, who's ageless, and Greg, with all due respect, I'm not saying this. Everyone's saying, "Oh, this could be you know a 500 point offense." Bit of a straw man argument. No one said that, but you know a lot of people a lot of people think, "Oh, watch out for the Colts. They're going to be a machine." I'm not sold yet, and I don't trust the guy putting the team together. Let's see. Well, maybe Gregson knows he only looks smart when he gets people that Andrew Luck are throwing to, like. You look smart when you get weapons for Andrew Luck, and they're trying to they're they're doing their own new money ball thing. Just win every game seventy to sixty one. That's kind of their their <laughs> thing right now. It's all about market inefficiency. That would not work. That's, that's the thing. Seventy points. <laughs> exactly. But if you're like the the shootout team, oh, we're cool. We're the shootout team. You know, the Houston Oilers thought they were cool too. That that never works. Well, one thing I, I don't mean, care you, if it works. I hope it doesn't. They, they <laughs> it's were just fun to watch. They could never be what Pep Hamilton wanted them to be. Uh, because one of the issues was you had Trent Richardson as the you know the centerpiece of your running game. If they can run the ball and they have all these weapons through the air, they can score 500 points. I don't think that's crazy. They what, you got the best young quarterback in all of the game. They need an offensive lineman at some point in this draft. One of the yeah. more uh, surprising things was that the Eagles, after everything we heard all week, had sort of a workmanlike, somewhat predictable draft where they took Nelson Aguilar, who is a fun-looking receiver. That to me screamed of the settle move. Like this, this is our worst case scenario. We go and get that wide receiver we want uh, because you know they had to be crushed. Chip is never going to say, but he had to be crushed that he didn't get Mariota. They made a real play. I think he he saw Mariota as maybe the missing piece to making a, you know putting together a Super Bowl team, and instead now they're stuck with Bradford, who who has to be by the way feeling great about all this. <laughs> well, right. <laughs> like he get he just gets shipped to Philly, and now it's very clear that. The big plan was to flip him again, and now he's now he's stuck in Philly with with Chip for at least a year. And they go and they get a wide receiver, and he'll replace Macklin on the outside, I guess. And he's supposed to be a good player, so great wide receiver mm. class. But I would think ultimately in if, in Philadelphia, people there's like the air went out of the balloon because I think everyone, me me at least, I thought in the back of my mind, even though I wanted. Uh, I wanted the Jets to get Mariota. I was on record on that. I kind of thought Chip was going to make the play and get him, and he didn't. I think it came close, but he, they also put basically you know a third of their defense on the trade block. Right. You got a lot of people you got to talk to now and try to mention. Sure, it really was the worst case scenario that Bradford knows they were ready to possibly give up on him, and they're going to have to try to walk all this back. And then Fletcher Cox and Michael Kendricks, who maybe and they Boykin. And Brandon Boykin, maybe they will get traded on day two yeah. of the draft. We don't know. But Fletcher Cox is one of the best players at his position in the entire league. And Kendricks is a borderline Pro Bowl type of player. These are your best players, and now you're going to be, oh, like, sorry about that, guys. We just really like Marcus Mariota. Is there even a sliver of a chance that this trade still gets done on some level, that somehow the Eagles find a way to get the Titans to ship Mariota to Philadelphia? Tennessee started their press conference right afterwards, which I love being really clear, saying there's no mm-hmm. chance we're ever going to trade him and that he's starting day one. So hmm. I don't think so. I, it makes me think I just rewatched The Godfather recently, uh, the line where Michael goes, it's not personal, Sonny. It's strictly business. So, you know, these guys are pros. <laughs> they get it. But Brad, if I'm Bradford, I'm a little bit like, uh, what is going on with my career right now? Well, like also because you're coming off back-to-back ACL tears. I mean, I get it if a team isn't completely sold. But what they said about Bradford and then what's happened mm-hmm. over the last 24 hours, nobody is telling the truth anywhere. And if you're Chip, you're already, like, kind of on shaky ground with a lot of your players. Like, nobody really understands what your plan is. And now you got to sit them all back down and be like, hey, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> that just made me think of uh, your boy Sneed. 
he's got a thing for ACLs guys. You know what I mean? Like he oh, got rid of so Bradford. Of he's curve. like, oh, I just got to get someone else coming off a torn ACL. Love that. That's <laughs> probably exactly what's being talked about. <laughs> If in the Les Snead and running. Chip Kelly ever ended up together on the same organization, oh. I'm out of here. By the way, <laughs> some news uh, broke uh, from rap, rap Sheet while we were on. Zach Stacy wants a trade out of St. Louis. No kidding. Not so a which, surprise. Which trade request is sadder, the Zach Stacy or <laughs> Mettenberger? <laughs> the Mettenberger to me is awesome. <laughs> because Maybe I, Zach for Zach. Ooh, saucy. Um, one thing, I didn't I didn't run this by you guys, but uh, – few minutes left i'm curious as we head now to day two if there's any any team that or a player or something that you really expect to happen tomorrow that didn't go down today i'm kind of putting you guys on the spot but that's what i do i want to see if a team will spend like a third round pick or a fourth round pick on, on collins with everything going on yeah we haven't talked about that it's up in the air and it could change by the time people listen to this but lyle collins who's being asked uh to talk to the police as part of a murder investigation. He is not a suspect, but he dated the woman uh, who lost her life, and she was pregnant, and the, and the child lived. And it's just – it's unprecedented. There's almost nothing we can say about it, but it's just – there's never been a case like this. And he tried to get out of this draft so that he could be taken in the supplemental draft, and the NFL denied that. So I, I don't know. By the way, imagine – and we don't know the specifics of the case yet or what's really going on with it, but just imagine he has nothing to do with that. And this is a guy that was projected as a first-round guy. Oh, yeah. This – a tragedy that happened involving someone he knew. If he wasn't involved and then this – he ends up losing millions of dollars on top of everything else. It's a – it's a, it is. It's well, you couldn't, unprecedented. you couldn't cook up worse timing for it. I mean, the event itself, number one, but just the, the way it played out. I mean, he's just dangling out there. I'm looking to see if uh, the Saints draft a quarterback in the second round. You know, the – Rap sheet talked about taking Bryce Petty. I I, I was actually going to say the same thing, and I think that the Rams are a candidate to take Bryce Petty as well. And the Bills. And, and the Bills. And, and so is that the next one gone? Definitely. We don't. You know that that could be fun to watch. I think tomorrow could be really interesting because that's like you said. There's three teams that really need, especially the Bills. How about really that? How about Bud Dupree? And, I, and we're not college experts, but that just felt like such a Steelers thing that they get like a perfect 3-4 outside linebacker to just fall into their laps there at 22 and replace Jason Very Forbes. Steelers thing. And and they, they, they're they one team that didn't – they said all along we are going to find an outside linebacker and we're going to find a cornerback. I think that's the next player they pick in round two. I have one. All right. What is it? Randy Gregory, who obviously that was the other big story the day before the draft that uh, a lot of people thought this is one of the best pass rushers in the draft. And, and then there was that uh, – Kind of a, a little bit of a curious report by NFL media from uh, Burt Breer and Rapsheet about how the teams had been, I guess, scared off by some of the uh, concerns about how he would handle the rigors of playing in the NFL. Mentioned the psychological evaluation as being part of that whole mix. Right. And uh, to me, if uh, I'll just speak for you know a team that needs a pass rusher, if you think that you can handle that, if that's a concern that – Maybe he's been overcooked around draft time. Some of this stuff happens. Go get him. You can get a first-round uh, pass rusher in the second or third round. You know, I'm thinking selfishly about the Jets. But <laughs> if, if, you get, if you can get a guy that has that much talent, that could be a huge steal. Because this is crazy what happens with, with this pre-draft stuff. Things that are like nothing get blown into huge things, and maybe this is different. Maybe he really has a lot of issues, it, but yeah, and it something takes, to keep an eye on. It's probably going to take the – the third of the league that is very confident in the way they run their operation to take what is a risk, like a perceived risk. I thought, I thought the Patriots might take him 
With the They're 30 a perfect type of team. Thirty-second pick, but they did not. And um, finally, you know, while well, Connor and Mark and myself were all you know sweating it out. You know, what is the move that our teams will make? Oh my God, is this going to finally, you know, turn us toward a Lombardi Trophy? <laughs> it was Greg. We're sweating bullets, Greg. There's wind whispering <laughs> through that custom haircut by the makeup ladies. You know, little cherub uh, children feeding him grapes. A woman, a native woman fanning him. <laughs> on the throne of ease, waiting for that 30-second pick. And then eventually it comes, and Greg's like, another Malcolm, I like it. <laughs> yeah, Malcolms. That's the new inefficiency. That's the new strategy. Get as many Malcolms as you can on this team. I love them. Same, same exact size as uh, Vince Wolfwork. Ooh, yeah, height and weight. I like that. It was a little Malcolm bit Brown. much when editors and a couple of the TV people were pulled off their assignments to pick him up in his chair <laughs> and carry him out of the newsroom. It's a little bit, it was a little rich. It's great to be Greg, isn't it? In a shocking move, Mike Mayock loved the Patriots pick. We, the Patriots get a God lot of bless them. get a lot of love. On Long live the Kings on the network. Uh, all right, that is unless anybody has anything else, and I guess we never heard from the guys in Chicago. Yeah, they're out. We're gonna get them on on Saturday, <laughs> and we'll we'll hear we'll hear you know everything what what a uh, draft town is like. What, yeah, what well, the players listen, are maybe like. maybe we'll hear from them. <laughs> if not, we will get someone on the line from Chicago, even if it's like the bartender at McCloskey's. We'll get somebody to talk McCloskey to McCloskey himself potentially. Carl McCloskey might call in. There's a little tease for you, old man, old McCloskey. Carlo. That's it. <laughs> For the Around the NFL podcast special draft edition, uh, thank you for listening. And if you, you know if you stayed up late, what, what's up, Greg? No, that's it. I was gonna say so we'll do some winners and losers after this is all over on Saturday. Boom! Big that's time. how we do it. And again, the one thing we can promise you is that we will be 100% accurate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. This is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, the Boss, and the Great Gold Standard behind the glass. Happy Draft Day! Until Saturday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.